Okay, so now we're going to talk about when a person makes a claim that they owe money to someone and are they able to ever back out of their words and say I wasn't, you know, to not obligate them on what they had previously admitted. So generally speaking, it depends also if there were witnesses who testified it. So if there were witnesses who saw and he says, listen, witnesses, um, I admit that I owe money to this person, so then they would be able to testify and you have to pay based on that. What if he doesn't say, you know, listen, witnesses, but he, he clearly is admitting, he's showing, he admits, he's not just having a conversation or saying, but, and he has two witnesses, although he doesn't say, you are my witnesses. So uh, that also is enough according to some postgame. Like, for example, uh, you know, if he's saying it basically in a way of hoda'ah, uh, that'll be enough. Hoda'ah means he admits. Um, as the Shulchanach in chapter 81.5 says, if he clearly says in front of witnesses, then um, even though he didn't say, you are my witnesses, they, uh, that's considered a real testimony. However, when can the guy back out from what he says? So there is two concepts that we'll go through right now. One of them is called hashata. Hashata means that I was speaking facetiously. So the idea is like this. If a guy makes a claim against me, and it sounds to me very bogus, I, I don't believe him, and I'm, I'm even shocked by his claim, sometimes to, as if to say, blow him away, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, yeah, 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 sure, I owe you. And, 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 you know, you have to be careful, though, if there's no witnesses in front of him. But if he says it as a way of, like, admitting, even though, the, you know, he says, yeah, I owe you, sure. So he can make the claim later. We don't necessarily make the claim on his behalf, but if he were to say, I was facetious, I wasn't serious, hashati, so then we, we, can, we can accept that claim that he's not, he was not serious about it. Now, the, in Sif Hay, in the Shulchan Aruch, it brings a very important point that this will work only when it's on his own initiative. It, it, I'm sorry, in other words, he can, he can claim that he was facetious and that he wasn't serious, uh, but that's got only, that, um, in Sif Hay in chapter 81, it says that's when no one made a claim against him. But um, I'm saying that will only help when someone made a claim against him. So therefore, if the guy didn't make a, no one made any claim against him, and on his own initiative, he went and said, you know, I, I owe money to so-and-so, so that's a, that's a problem because then we don't have any reason why he should have been able to say, well, I was being facetious. A person can say I was facetious when someone makes maybe a ridiculous claim against them. So they'll act facetious and they'll, they'll be joking around with them. But when nobody's asking against them, why should they make that claim? So therefore, that the Shulchan Aruch says it won't work when no one asked you originally. Now, here's a very interesting uh, question. Let's say a person had... Um, admitted that he owed money to someone. And we said earlier that if witnesses could say, yeah, we saw that so-and-so, um, you know, he admitted that he owed money, so then it's, it's a problem. There's no way of getting out of it. However, the question would be, what if no, the guy didn't know that he admitted that Adam were watching? For example, someone hides two witnesses to spy on the guy, and he says, you know, you should pay me the money. And the guy says, you know, you're right. I really do owe you the money. I'm so sorry, but I can't because I don't have the money right now and I don't want to admit right now. So even though he'll have that uh, witnesses hiding under the table or behind the thing and they, they hear everything, uh, the person can say, well, I was facetious. I didn't mean it. If I would have known that you were hiding witnesses, I would have never said what I said. And that theoretically is a valid claim provided that we don't inform him of this halacha and that he knows this on his own. Now, um, However, then there's a question that you can ask. What if 
Oh, so the Shulchan says one more detail. It says like this. Let's say the guy says, um, do you admit that you owe me money even if there was like some, you know, hidden witnesses hiding somewhere or, you know, lying down or who knows what, sleeping or awake? Do you, is it true you admit that you owe me money? And the guy says, yeah, it's true. So since the person added the words, Eri um, v'shachbi, which means witnesses that might be, not be present or this or that, since he admitted that he owes money, we will say that's an effective admittance and then he is therefore obligated. So now... That is, that leads us to our following question. If so, therefore, if he does such an admittance and there were hidden witnesses, it will be effective to obligate him to pay. So now there is a question in the Achronim. The question is asked uh, by, for example, the Tzoyis Achoshin in, in, in chapter uh, 81, Sivkat in uh, 14, um, oh, I'm sorry, in Sivkat in Yud Gimel, and he says as follows. He says, well, what would the law be if the Edim who saw, I'm sorry, they heard him admit that he owes money. However, they do not, um, they didn't see him. So in other words, they're hiding behind something. And the guy says, yeah, if there were witnesses somewhere and they, you know, yeah, I may, it's true, I owe money. Yeah. And he admits it. But the witnesses could hear him. They even recognize his voice. They know what his voice sounds like. They know it's him. But they weren't able to see him because they were hiding in a place they couldn't see him. In halacha, this is called tvias eina dekala, which means recognition of voice, um, and that's it. But they can't see him because they weren't in a position they could see him. So the ksayis asks, is, is this considered halachically able to obligate a person to pay? And the ksayis has a big uh, suffix, a big doubt on this matter. And his conclusion, in short, is is that if we're talking about Isurim, for example, something, if it's permissible or not, we can rely on voice recognition. For example, a blind person has to rely on what people tell him for all types of things. Otherwise, you know, he might be doing things which are not allowed, whether eating or this or that, whatever it may be. So, of course, if he recognizes someone's voice, they say it's allowed, then he can rely on that. But that's for Isurim, the Kutsai says. However, if we're talking about um, taking money out and they didn't see, the witnesses couldn't see the person's face, then they won't. The Kutsai is not convinced that we could rely upon that. The Nesivis, Nesivis Mishpat argues, and he says that Tfinas Eina Dekala, which is you have voice recognition that you, you, the guy, let's say he says he owes money, so for sure it will help for Isurim, as even the Ksai says. And he says it should also help even for money matters. And he says, what's the proof? He says, because we find elsewhere in the Gemara that Chamira Isura Limamayna, right? Uh, what, we find, what we find in many places that uh, we're more stringent by Isurim, by forbidden matters, than by monetary matters. And therefore, just like we say that by mon- Isurim, for let's say a blind person, we can, he can rely on what people tell him in voice recognition, even though he can't see it, why should it not also help for witnesses to be able to testify what they uh, heard, even though they didn't see the person? And we find also in the Gemara Gittin, let's say the witnesses hear someone saying, write a wet for my wife, and he was in some pit or something, they couldn't see his voice, they couldn't see his face. So in a very pressing need, in a time of danger, we were allowed to rely on the recognition of voice for them to testify what they heard, to authorize a get, for example. So that's why the Nesivis wants to say that maybe we should, yeah, we can rely on it even for monetary matters, because if, if for that, we can rely, how much more so for monetary matters. Comes along the Pischei Tshuva on that place, and he says, you know what? He takes a middle ground. He's not going to be lenient like the Nesivis, and he actually wants to say 
that for recognition of voice, even though, but you don't see the guy, witnesses would not be able to testify what they heard in order for, to make a person obligated to pay money. If there was, let's say, an admittance and they were hiding and they heard it, and he says, I will recognize, yeah, if witnesses were listening on me, yeah, I would be obligated. And he said it, but they were hiding, but they couldn't see him say it. The Pischei uh, Tshuva takes uh, the opinion of the Ktsois that it will not help. He says the only thing we would have to do is add another type of consideration and then maybe we could use it even for monetary matters. And he brings a proof from the Torah, literally from, uh, from Sefer Barashas. says when Yitzchak, who was basically blind, he was blind, and he says, is this my son? When Yaakov was dressing up as Esav, he says, you know, the, soul, the coal is the coal of Yaakov, the voice is the voice of Yaakov, but the hands are the hands of Esav. So he says, come, I want to feel you. I want to feel who, and make sure this is truly in a sense. So although he was blind and he could, the voice wasn't enough to recognize, although maybe he, maybe Yaakov tried to make himself sound like Esav as much as he could. Um, but in any case, in any case, we see that he, Yitzchak wasn't convinced enough until he felt his hands. And, you know, Yitzchak was wearing that special, uh, you know, cloak or so, uh, which had the hair. And therefore, Yaakov said, oh, okay, this must be Esav. So you see from here that we cannot, even Yitzchak in the Torah wasn't relying upon voice recognition and he needed other proof. And that's what the Pischei wants to say. If witnesses were hiding, they shouldn't be able to be convinced that that, uh, if they heard his voice, admittance, that should not be enough by itself unless there was some other additional reason. To finish off, we'll, we'll bring one more halacha. There is another time where a person can say that although I admitted, he can get out of his admittance. For example, he can make the claim. The first claim we said was where a person says, I was speaking facetiously. The other option he is sometimes he has the right to do is to say, I didn't want to sound rich. So let's say a person says, I owe money to so-and-so. So then they say, okay, now pay up. You admitted that you owe money to so-and-so. Well, he can say, well, no, I said that I because I don't want to sound wealthy. So why would a person do that? Well, well, there's all types of benefits sometimes when a person doesn't want to show off that he's wealthy and he can therefore lie and say, I owe money to someone. And that doesn't mean that just because he says he owes money that we're going to actually make him pay. However, the, and this is brought down in chapter 81, Sif Yudalada uh, 14, and um, this will only really work uh, this is where there was no claim originally. Rather, he did it on his own. But if a person uh, comes over to him and says, you know, and he, on his own he says, you know, I owe money, uh, it will not help if he was in front of that plaintiff. Because we like to use this rule when the guy is not standing in front of the person who is claiming to owe money, because then you could say, well, I wasn't so serious. You know, I just didn't want to sound wealthy. But if he's standing next to the guy and he says such a wild idea like that, the guy will take him seriously. And it must be if he said it, maybe because it was true. So we see that that also will have limitations to it. So that is it for some of the times where a person can uh, back out of his claim. Now, even in that case where a person says, I, you know, I just wanted to not sound wealthy, we don't let him off the hook completely. We would say, um, in such a case, he would be which means he's obligated to make an oath to, to tell that that is indeed the truth so that he uh, shouldn't take the matter lightly.